Yo, 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 what it do? Welcome to another episode of Fuck Your Feelings. I'm your host, Brunson. This is going to be our fifth installment in our Black Vote Awareness Series. And today we're going to talk about the pandemic and the response to the Black community. So let me introduce you to the crew so we can jump right on into this. So the first person up, the boy Smitty. What's doing, Smitty? What up, what up, what up? Hey, Mr. K, how you doing, sir? Doing good. What up, yo? That's what's up, man. I'm glad to hear from you, brother. So... As I said, we're just going to hop right into this. So we want to talk about the pandemic and the response to the Black community. And one of those things we want to talk about is how candidate Biden and Trump and their policies are going to address pandemics in in regards to the Black community. Um, And obviously, you guys have watched the debates or have you watched the debates? What are some of your thoughts? We don't get too far into it. Jimmy, what's some of your thoughts you've seen in regards to the pandemic uh, from the debates that you heard? So um, two things. One, I, Trump is the president, right? Like, like, I think he's running for president as if he's not the president. <laughs> so the first thing is Trump is the president. And his response has not been what I would expect from a president, right? To Correct. protect his people. Um, Who's been dealing have, with this for like seven months now, eight months now? Right. And there's, there's countries like Canada... Uh, New Zealand, Australia, that do not have the same numbers or the same amount of deaths that we have, right? right. The president isn't even taking um, a cue from the world stage, right? He's not even calling other world leaders like, hey, what are you doing? What's going on? What should we, you know, the president at every turn wants this pandemic to last, you know, like everything he's doing is to show that he wants this pandemic to last because he thinks it's yes. his key to his reelection, right? Um, the longer I keep this pandemic going, uh, the less likely they're going to vote for somebody else because I'm going to give them money. You know, I want to give the people money. He's now he's talking about like he wants more money than the Democrats and the Republicans are opposing for a stimulus package. Um, right. Joe Biden um, has has a ha, has the Obama blueprint from the uh, from the eight uh, twelve election. Yeah, yeah, for for but for the for the H one N one right. Yes, yes. Um, the President Obama had put in a pl- like a pandemic playbook that Trump threw out the window, um, and um, this is true. And so. It's just it's one of those things where you like, eh, I don't know. I don't I don't know if if tr- Trump definitely isn't doing anything to f- do the response. He's hoping the president is hoping that it just goes away on its own. Right. The president wants it to be treated as as the flu, like it's something you get. And he's betting yeah. on a he's betting on a. Uh, a vaccine. Right. right. He's really betting on getting a vaccine and that's going to save the the country. But every like even if you get a vaccine, I guarantee you the president will say, don't take the vaccine because <laughs> the Republicans have always been like. The vaccine isn't isn't required or you shouldn't be requiring vaccines, you shouldn't be doing you shouldn't be forcing the American people to take the vaccine. Um, do I think that the way he's handled the vaccine trials, I think that I don't think Joe Biden would have had a vaccine as quickly or as in the stages that Trump has them. 
Um, Cause Trump has removed a lot of the regulations that are around vaccines and how long they come to market because a vaccine normally takes three to five years to come to market. And the fact is that we are already talking about like possibly having a vaccine. Um, I know there's two, two companies on pause right now um, for the, for their trials, but there's still two other companies that are chucking along at this. Um, But I just, I don't, I don't think the president, I think the president is going to be more the same. Joe Biden has seven, uh, like a seven plan kind of um, thing, but they're really high level statements, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like one, like seven. Implement uh, math mandate na- uh, nationwide by working with governors and mayors uh, and ask the American people to do do what they do their best. Uh, step up in time uh, of crisis, right? Experts say that if 90, 95% of Americans were masked between now and December, we could save some almost 70,000 lives, right? Right. So, um, so he, you know, he's, that's one of his, that's, to me, that's a grandiose statement. You can't, you, you, you're going to have, you're going to have, you're going to be, um, he's going to be hit with Republican governors who are not going to want to implement a mandate, Right. There's already mass mandates in several states, and um, you see how that's turning out. I don't know if that's going to work, right? Like, like that part of the plan, I'm not sure. Like, we want everybody to to, to wear masks, but I think that your Congress is going to have to pass the, a nationwide mandate, right? I don't think working with the governors is going to work because there are so a lot of states already have it. Texas has a, a mass mandate, uh, but how do you enforce it, right? That's the key. Uh, enforcement because what you want what the why a mass mandate fails is there's no enforcement i go into i go into kroger's there's 10 people in there that don't have a mask on kroger's don't want to enforce it like it says a sign you can't come in here without a mask but once you're in there kroger's not like i'm not gonna walk with you you gotta move because then you get then then you lose patrons because you told them that they need to wear a mask right um and so it just it his statements are really high level in my opinion that I don't know if I don't, I think, I think he really needs to, he should have pulled out the, the Obama blueprint for the, the, uh, for a pandemic. I'm I'm talking Biden, right? I know he's going to use the blueprint, but he should have placed it on to his webpage. When I started looking at, at his, uh, what he's going to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so it, it just, it's not, uh, it's not clear cut to me that what he's saying is going to work either. Um, President Trump is gloating about like how he's responding to the pandemic on his thing, right? He's talking about he took early action to cut off travel from China. Well, he, he it was a partial ban, right? We never he never talks about the partial ban of travel from cutting off travel from China. Like when you say cut off travel from China, people hear that and they think he cut off all the travel from China. He didn't even cut off travel from 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 the city that was ground zero. Right. If you was an American and he said you could you could leave, you could leave China and come home. Right. He only had a partial ban. Right. Um, he said he says he says um, build the world's leading testing system uh, from nothing. We're not the world's leading testing system. <laughs> China was. Uh, E, uh, eradicate uh, migration measures uh, to slow the spread. Uh, not, 
We don't. I'm just, it's not slowing. She said he took action to protect vulnerable Americans. What action? <laughs> like, like the president is making statements that are untrue, and, and this is from the White House. Like, this is what should come. But from we, the, you wouldn't expect a president. I mean, like it's. I mean, that's a bit shocking, right? That our president today, after these four years, would ever make untrue statements and just flat out lie, right? Like, I mean, he would never. I mean, so there had to be an error on his this White House page, right? Like he would never say things are great when they're in aren't, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he says provide support to workers and businesses. Mm-hmm. What work? What was support? Like, get he did help. He did. He did pass that big. He did work with. I'm gonna say Nancy Pelosi and and and. Uh, and Mitch McConnell worked very hard to pass this stimulus package that we first got when it first happened. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I, I think the president did a good job trying to focus and keep the economy stable, but he didn't focus on he focused on one side of his strength. Right. I know money, so I'm going to f- stabilize the economy so it doesn't fall to the bottom. But I'm, I'm not going to do anything with the with the which was causing the fall. You know, I treated he treated the he treated the symptoms and not the problem, right? And so, uh, so here, let me jump to Mr. K. Mr. K. So what, let me let me think about this. So what are your thoughts in regards to so? Because Smitty brought it up a good point, right? Is that President Trump, for all of his um, backing off of some strict uh, stringent regulations, we have a vaccine coming up shortly, right? Or, or at least that's what's being told, that we have a vaccine. There's like four or five organizations that are really pushing hard to have put their trials on hold. But let me ask you this. Would you feel like, would you trust a COVID-19 vaccine if they told you tomorrow, hey, let's go take this? Would you take it? No. Um, just because I know that and I feel that those, that type of announcement is a trial and error. It's they need guinea pigs to try this to see if it works, and if it doesn't, it's a uh, oops. The uh, scientists got it wrong, and we were only just trying to make sure that you could get back to normal, and that's the only thing we were trying to do. And it, I, I have a very very deep suspicion that once, if the um, administration changes that something's going to be revealed where it's something was either known all along or that um, it was a lot different than what was told to us. Like, so for example, the stimulus thing, everybody still says, oh, the stimulus money was great and all that stuff. But then I, I always think of it as how did they come up with this money when they kept on talking about they didn't have this money and then all of a sudden they have the money and they're giving it out to people. I, I know business and businesses, they don't just give out money for nothing. They don't expect nothing back. So how are they going to get that money back? How are they going to stimulate the economy once they quote unquote, get it back to normal? It, it, it's just, I just have a very bad suspicion that if something happens, we're going to find out that there's something deeper lies within all these lies. You could say that there's, right. that they may even have, they may even already have, an answer to it. And they're just not releasing it because they're kind of waiting until, hey, I got reelected. Oh, magically, I we, we found the uh, the cure to this and 
Oh, we secretly did trials while while everybody was in quarantine, and we got it all straight. And hey, like I promised, April April two thousand twenty one, everybody will have it, and then we can go back to watching football and going to our concerts and taking our kids to the playground. So, Smitty, what about you? Would you yourself take a vaccine if it was ready to say, you know, in, in the next couple months or by the end of the year, would you take a vaccine for COVID-19? I'm going to say what Kamala Harris said. If the president tells me that it's ready, I'm not taking it. If the scientists <laughs> tell me it's ready, I may be in line to take that vaccine. But I, the president says it's a good vaccine, I'm not. Mm-mm. No. I'm, I, I wouldn't. Nope. It, it, I agree with I agree with uh, Mr. K, right? Like I agree with him. Where where the what's going to happen is you're going to sign up, you're going to get in this vaccine line, get your vaccine, and it's going to be a placebo. Uh-huh. <laughs> you're going to be walking around here thinking you immune. You think you immune, and possible. and you Very you possible. up here, and people, more people dying. I ain't got to wear no mask. I ain't got to have no mask. I ain't got to talk to nobody. Like like I'm up in people's face, and next thing you know. Everybody got COVID, and now they had a first case of like like uh, reinfection of COVID, right? Yeah, yeah. You, could, they're, they're you know, so produce those cases or tell us more about those cases. And so, uh, you know, I I just I wouldn't I was not if till until the scientists tell me. I tell you this: if Dr. Fauci goes on national TV and have his vaccine done, I do my vaccine. Mm, see, I'm gonna still disagree with y'all. I don't give a fuck when y'all say it or who the fuck say it. I'm like when that when that new phone dropped, I need to wait six months to get them to debug that software. No, nah, you let that first hundred million go. And let me see how it work with them. I keep my mask, my social distancing, my elderberry. I ain't trying to fuck around with that because you ain't I, I seen listen, and this is probably what plays into a lot with the black community in our health, is because I've seen the Tuskegee experiments. I mean, hell, they were talking in the height of this that they were going to try to go to Africa. Science is going to Africa just to test on black people. And it's like, nah, man, I'm, I'm not just going to be that person for you. I'm not. I, I, I can't trust it. You know, like I said, six months down the line, I see everybody getting cool. You done worked out the buzz. You may, you know, give me the second version. Give me the 2.0 with that vaccine. Then maybe I'll take that shit. That first round, I'm not taking that experimental cocktail. That's like being in college with motherfuckers was broken. You just bought whatever you could find and mix in the punch. I'm not taking. Mm, mm, mm. no, I'm not taking that bullshit. Uh, uh-uh. I've been there. I didn't drunk that Jesus juice. I didn't drunk it. You know, and you wake up with and almost in hell with a hangover. I'm not. Mm-mm. I'm not. You're not. Mm-hmm. Not about to have me out here looking like a fucking uh, mutant. No, bro. I'm growing an extra eyelid or some shit on my cheek. I'm no. I'm good. So, but which that said, <laughs> you know, leading transition into something else I want to talk about in regards to this is. Why do the black community have so many pre-existing conditions? Is it because of what has happened in the past where we don't have trust with the government? Um, or is it just lack of to resources and opportunities? And Mr. K, what are, what are your thoughts in regards to that? I think it's a lack of resources and a lack of education. Um, I think that there's a lot of times we don't know. Like when you mentioned elderberry, I mean, how many people know about what elderberry actually is? What, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, Something that a lot of a lot of old people know about, and they just like, yeah, you know, that really does. And actually, when you read about it, you're like, okay, that really does make sense. It's it's like a Tylenol, you know, it's in a sense of, you know, it's been around for years, and so everybody knows that that's going to help. But I mean, right. it's it's the education of 
the, the lack of education, but then also the lack of resources to maintain and obtain that, that uh, education of it. Um, learning how to handle and deal with pre-existing conditions. How, how many people know that there's two different types of diabetes? You know, it's like, unless, unless you know a family member that was dealing with it. No, nah, man. You don't know anything? We saw the man on the heat from the heat of the night talking about his diabetes. We should know it's too tight from that, right? Our grandma always had that. You know, she, you know, grandma got to take that insulin. Her insulin, right? Pain. But then it's uh, from it's, it's from it your grandma. You know, from your grandma. <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is true. I mean, I, but I, 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 I think that us as a community, and I think it's not just us as a black community, but I think it's a lot of communities that don't have those resources and the education, and that I, I do like to see that when we do have our people in our community actually going out there and educating um, our people of what to do, when to go to the doctor, who to go to, you know, pointing out those ones that are going to tell you the truth and it's going to help you out as a community and not just say, oh, well, you're just another person on the insurance payroll and it's going to give me some extra cash because I'm going to get a couple of surgeries out of you and this and that. And it's going to more like Nope, someone that actually cares, you know. I got you. So, Samini, what about your what's your thoughts in regards to the black community just having so many pre-existing conditions? And should the government assist in correcting the issues what we have in black communities? I'm gonna go straight to what everybody missed. We eat shit that we're not naturally supposed to eat. Facts. We're not from this continent. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> so, well, I mean, the shit is all created now, so that shit went out the window too. So now we eat, we need fucking lab made meat and shit. Right, but so. but like for black people, these are these are this this food is not naturally what we should be eating, right? That's why black people are suffer from a lot of these kind of diseases. Africans don't suffer from these kind of diseases the American black people do, right? Because there's two folds to it. It goes back to, it goes back to slavery when, when we were given the leftover scraps and we had to make meals out of it, right? right. Like uh, pig feet, right? Uh, you know, like neck bones and, and things like we still eat to this day, but that stuff comes from the trash of the, of the house, Right. You had the uh, you had the black uh, uh, we had the black uh, people getting the food that that the white people didn't want to eat. So we didn't get the good we didn't get the good pork chops. We didn't get the the good cuts of meat. <laughs> no, we didn't. We, we got the we got the scraps, and and that's why. We have we have the uh, pre like some of that stuff we shouldn't even be getting. Like I don't know why pig feet are still around. I don't know why chitlins is still around. That that you know. Well, I mean, because listen, it turned into like okay. At one point, the short ribs and the oxtails were bad cuts of meat that we were given, and now those are some of the more expensive cuts of meats you ever get in a grocery store. So mm-hmm. it's, it's it's amazing how that transition goes from you know. Well, but 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 every but it, we still probably shouldn't be eating that stuff though. Like it's expensive because they want they they want they want us to spend more money. 
right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, say like the uh, that uh, what the that damn them damn onion shit that they put on <laughs> that uh, <laughs> that that casserole still cheap. You know what I'm saying? You know, like there's certain shit that white people aren't going to eat and we're still eating it and we haven't moved beyond that and we need to we need to be looking at more of what our what our what our natural habitat we should be eating from our natural habitat and not trying to stay on to like our slave food diet and that's why we have a big problem around um the African-American community. I just, you know, we shouldn't be eating these, this, this foreign food from this, from this continent. That's just, I know, I mean, our bodies aren't used to what we are supposed to eat, but it definitely isn't processing what we get now. I I don't disagree. And I think the lack of a, the, the fact that we keep going to the same food menus that we've been passed down for generations, because I mean, it was a sense of pride or in creation, and that's how we got together. I mean, we got a chance to have Sundays off when they did allow uh, slaves to have Sundays off, and we gather over a meal and we we congregated and fellowshiped. And so, what we had is what we had, and, and that's still what we had each Sunday dinner. I mean, we cooked with a shit ton of lard because that was easier and cheap, and we had it. And we cooked with a shit ton of you know processed or not even processed then, but like flowers and scrap meats because that's what we had and that's what we got. And those passed down from generation to generation lead back to your point, Mr. K, where education is really important. Like, okay, yeah, every every so often, this kind of dinner, this soul food, uh, quote unquote, kind of dinner is good for you, you know, or it's okay to have, but. You know, you can't eat this shit day in, day out, fried foods, fast foods, all that shit. Like, I know it's easy. I know it's cheap, but obviously it's, it's killing you in the long run. And it's going to cost you more money. Like you say five dollars going to get you a value meal. But that health that diabetes, that gout, that, you know, uh, high blood pressure, those doctor's appointments are going to cost you co-pays and surgeries down the road that is going to just compound whatever you were saving from a value meal. So definitely changing your eating habits and education around that. So I'm going to ask both of you going forward, uh, how do we as a community become like healthier and, and be able to prevent mass deaths from diseases like COVID-19? I mean, obviously, you know, say what you want about it, whether it was man-made created or whether, you know, however, whatever conspiracy theory is floating your boat these days. But like, it has affected almost 70 you know, percent of the people that were affected or had died were African-American or people of color. Like, so as a community, how do we get healthier and how do we hold those accountable or how do we fight for those resources to make ourselves healthier? Smitty. Well, well so I'm not saying that I think, I think there's a, a hidden, a hidden root cause to this mass death in, among black people. Sterilization? Eradication of the no. black man? Well, no, I think it's more so that we don't seek medical treatment um, on a regular basis, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. There, you know, I know I, like my nephew, I don't think my nephew's been in a doctor in since he's been in his 20s. Mm-hmm. And he's 30 now. You know, I don't know. My younger nephew hasn't been a doctor 
and he got his mom insurance. I know he ain't been a doctor in a long time, right? Um, people just don't, black people just don't go to the doctor. And um, and I think there's two folds to that. One, there is there is no there is nobody that looks like us in the medical field. So when I go to the doctor, I may get a I may get a black doctor every now and again. I give you a prime example. So I was sick a few years ago, like and and I was really sick. And so I went to the hot emergency room. The 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 doctor on staff she gave me a morphine shot. And sent my butt home, right? She was like, oh, it, I don't know what it is, and I'm just going to send you home. So my my primary care physician is actually black. Mm-hmm. And I so that was on Friday. I uh, So the weekend, you got to follow with your primary care physician. So mm-hmm. I went to my primary care physician on Monday. She put me in the hospital. She was like, oh, yeah, your numbers are way off. No. She's like, I, I can't send you home. But the fact is the different care level. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we just don't we don't have that that same care level. With other doctors of other ethnic groups, because they don't understand our problems, like because you're a doctor, you don't walk a mile in my shoes. Right. So you you think like I you know my doctor, my other doctor who happens to be uh, uh, a uh, foreign doctor probably Russian or uh, Czech, Czechoslovakian or something. Um, he, he, uh, so I went to see him the other day and he told me that I need to start eating vegan food. And, and I'm like, uh, yeah, cause you eat vegan food. That don't, he said, it's not, it don't taste as good as you would like it to taste, but it's healthier for you. And this is what he's telling me, right? Mm-hmm. And I guarantee, like my doctor told me, like when I went to see my black doctor, she was like, because I'm trying to lose weight. She was like, listen, she's like, I want you to use, she says, sign up for Zoom for Noom um, for uh, for two weeks, the two-week free trial. Mm-hmm. She was like, that will help you. She was like, mm-hmm. it gets into the psychiatry of, of eating and and what, why you eat the way you eat, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, see the different approaches, right? He's right. telling me to change my food and eat vegan, and she's like, "You need to get behind a psychiatry of of weight loss and and whatnot." And so, so, and, and just real quick, I me, mean, I think that's kind of the problem with Western medicine in its whole self. Was right? It's like they're so quick to treat the problem, but not holistically. Like the, it's just like, oh, let's get this quick fix. Like your doctor immediately told you, "Hey, you overweight." B, start exercising and eat foods that are less processed and heavy fat contents. And it's like, well, okay, what if my lifestyle is not conducive to me to get to there? Yeah, or my financial to. situation. Exactly. And, and, and it's like for you to just come out and say, hey, I, it's such a, you know, a first world kind of problem look at, at, as a way to try to solve this. And it's like, well, that doesn't change how me, how I mentally view food or how I, I mentally perceive what I eat and how it makes me feel better, whether whether it's a confidence thing or whether I eat to suppress or what, like you're not even treating me holistically. You're just saying, hey, you fat, lose weight, right? I didn't have it. I mean, I'm a, I'm a fat guy. I've been fat pretty much most of my life. I didn't have most many doctors of that. And it ain't nothing like a fat doctor telling you to lose weight. And be like, bitch, you in the same boat I am before and before pictures. Don't fucking tell me to lose weight. You a fucking cheese sandwich away from a heart attack, you chubby bastard. But you know, like, like it's just those problems, and I, I agree with you, Smith. It's like it's so hard to find 
um, African-American doctors who represent us and who can understand culturally where we come from and try to help us from that cultural aspect. And so from a, it's from an outside perspective. And I, I'm not faulting any, you know, non-African-American doctors for this. Well, I, I won't say I'm not, but you, you're, you, you, like you said, you can't walk a mile in my shoes because you're not me. You don't, you ha- don't have the same experiences as I do. So I'm sorry, Shmini, you, you finish. Well, no, no. Well, I think, I think that we need to, we need to have, we need to start to build a, a, a culture around serving our community right right we we need to start with our children right like listen these are the things that really will help our community we need you to be a doctor a nutritionist um you know uh, a health inspector a health not health inspector uh, um a, a health coach <laughs> you know uh the things that people want to see like I went to see a, a nutritionist and she was white and she, she, you know, she was telling me certain things that she was, it wasn't like a black or white thing with her. She was more like, Hey, she was like, if you're going to eat a piece of chicken, it needs to be the size of your hand or something. Like she was giving me pointers around like how to like, what type of portions I should be eating. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was fine. But like, yeah, I just kind of dismissed it. Not because she was white, just because I was like, yeah, I, I I can't eat like the, like I gotta cut the chicken breast, and then when you cut the chicken breast down to the size like to the size of your palm of your hand, like the other part ain't big enough for the for the rest of it. You like <laughs> you're hungry, you know. Like there's things that people don't realize that when you when you eat when you eat three thousand calories a day, uh, you're hungry when you try to cut back on calories. Yes, you cutting are. back on two hundred calories is very very hard, yes. and people don't realize that. And this is not about weight or or things like that. It's just in general, we need more people to represent us because I if I have a mental problem around eating, I need to go see a psychiatrist and I'm going to go sit up there in front of a skinny white psychiatrist telling him that I got an eating disorder because I can't stop eating. And he's going to tell me he's going to prescribe me some medicine or do something. And I really just want to talk about like, my health and things like that. Like, and you know, it, you know, a black doctor would say, you know, my grandmother was overweight or my grandma had this disease. You could really break down and, and discuss these things with them where a white person like, well, nobody in my family ever, uh, ever had, uh, my dad died of a heart attack, but, uh, uh, but that was just because it was raining in our family. He had bad blood, bad platelets, but he ran every day, he ran 13 miles and, and you know, like, and you like, but that's not me. Like, I, I don't come from a family that exercise. I was probably the only person in my family to exercise. My mm. mother never exercised ever growing up. Like, my mother didn't walk, didn't do anything. Uh, you know, like, so it's just the things that we don't see in our community is really, really huge. And I didn't see, like, even when I worked in, when I worked in, when I lived in, when, when living in a majority black neighborhood, I didn't see anybody in my neighborhood working out. No. Ever. Never. No, I mean, every so often you seen that one guy who was at Gold's gym because that nigga wanted to get swole. But like, if you wasn't on the yard from you know coming home from jail and them still lifting weight, that's all you seen in the hood. Is like I have we have one weights. guy, one guy down the street from us who ran. He kind of jogged, but he was a firefighter. One guy. So he, yeah, I mean it, it, that's you know like you said, just representation is is key, especially for our community. So, Mr. K, what are your thoughts in regards to? 
Um, you know, how do we become healthier as a community? But also, too, how would you say we would go about increasing the more healthcare professionals that look are, are from our culture? Um, I think a lot of it is like again the the education of it, but then also it's it's the concept of uh, give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, but teach a man to fish, and you can feed him for a lifetime. And I think it's just once we learn those things that we need to do. So like uh, going to a nutritionist is different than just going to a doctor, and the doctor just like you said, like somebody said, is going to give you some medicine and tell you to do this or tell you to just go on this diet, but then when you go into a nutritionist, they're, they're educating you on how to handle it mentally, but then also how to handle it in a way to get results. So then you teaching other people in your community and having them do those things, which I do find that nowadays, especially like uh, people around my mother's age and uh, a lot of the people that I consider my aunts and my uh, grandmas that are around the community, a lot of them are doing those things now where they're, they're going out for walks and they're saying, hey, let's get a community of, uh, of uh, people walking. And we're just walking around the neighborhood and we're, we're, we're learning the things that we need to do to stay healthy and stay, um, stay on the right path and uh, continuing to pass that on to other and younger people as well. Right. I think that's very important. You know, it's, is passing on the education and, and the lineage and just saying, hey, we are better as a community and we have proper representation and proper um, resources, educational resources for you know, our growth as a community to kind of help combat some of these things. So, um, so let me ask you this, Mr. K, uh, what do you think we could do uh, or what would be the most effective way today to end the pandemic and help save some lives? Um, I would say we need to have the full education of this whole pandemic. We need to know the facts, the true facts, not just what was being told to us. We need to get out there and really know what this is. And once we know what it is, we can put our minds together and collectively come up with a way of doing it. How to do it? I'm not sure. I I didn't go to Michigan State for no uh, medical degree, so I am not getting paid to say any of these things. I can only say that um, I think once we know what it is, we can collectively gather our thoughts and figure out how to way to combat it. But I think that a lot of the things are once we do come up with a plan, we need to stick to that plan. Like, like the things with the mask. If, if one person is not doing the things with the mask, it's, 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 it's like putting a Band-Aid on a gaping wound. The blood is still going to come out. You're not, you're not trying to sew it up. You're not trying to fix it. You're just trying to stop it from bleeding. And I think that we need to all be in compliance. I mean, what, what was one thing with, with China where they just totally quarantined everything? And then in a matter of months, it was totally different results than what it first started with. And I, I just think that we need to just be, whatever plan we do come up with, we need to, everyone needs to be compliant with it. 
Nobody needs to say, oh, well, it's a, an, an infringing upon my rights and oh, I can't do this and I can't do that. It's like, yeah, it's for the betterment of everybody and then including your family members. Your Mima is going to be sick if you don't comply with that. No. Face, many, what are your thoughts? Well, I did go to Michigan State for a medical degree, and I am a doctor, so <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor, and I did not the go to Michigan State for But I did go to Michigan State for political for political science, and for for from a political standpoint, I think that you need to you need to have great leadership and and show that uh, what what things we put in place are the right things that we put in place, right? I think that Americans need to wear masks because con- the Canadians put in a force mandate and they are, they are they have um, have dipped way down in the curve, right? They are really low, right? Um, Europeans have uh implemented mask as a mandate and their way down in the uh in the numbers now they are doing a little bit of resurging i think that you um you have to um you have to be responsible for with a vaccine um and don't rush the vaccine uh, I think that you have to be able to work differently and smarter um, through this pandemic. Um, you know, and you need you need you need the things to echo from the top down. Right. The president is sick. The president shouldn't be back at work. <laughs> you right. know, um, my example, you know, what I'm saying like you, you got to show the nation. You got to you got to you got to tell the nation, hey, listen, I'm wearing a mask. Joe Biden wears a mask all the time, right? And Trump Trump attacked him for wearing a mask all the time. That's not the right way to do it. You know what I'm saying? It shouldn't be a it shouldn't be a a, a, a bully thing. Yeah, it's, you yeah. shouldn't bully somebody, you know what I'm saying? Oh, you wear your hair up. I'm a, I'm going to make fun of you. I'm making fun of you cuz you wear a mask cuz I'm trying to help save lives. I'm not it's not even necessarily protecting me. I may be an asymptomatic person. And I may carry and I may I may do that. I think the uh, the real quick, I think the three things that we can do quickly to curb the pandemic is better testing. Right. More frequent testing. Right. right. Um, if you if you had covid. You should after your after you have after you have no symptoms, you should be retested. We're not right. retesting anybody before you are able to return. You should be, you should be symptom free and have a negative COVID test. Um, if you are COVID, we need to make sure that you are quarantined uh, at your home or somewhere where you can be <clears throat> quarantined. I know people who got COVID and still go out. Yeah. You know, I know uh, a person who, who was moving during the middle of COVID and it's move still. Yeah. And and that's not that's not what happened. You know what I'm saying? Like people can get sick. Um, and I think that uh you need to have you need to have we need to have a better understanding of treatments for COVID. 
right? Where early on they talked about you need ventilators and now they're saying that ventilators may not have been the best option. Uh, the science is ever evolving around this and around COVID. Uh, right. But I still think I still think they've since since day one they've been saying the same thing: wear your mask and wash your hands. Like yeah. every and and I you know I'm not the uh, I still wear gloves and I still wear mask. I still I wear my mask everywhere, and uh, and I wash my hands a lot. And and just to kind of uh, thank God that I, that I haven't caught COVID. I was at a wedding and I and the pastor did something that was very irresponsible where we had a welcome receiving line and I shook probably 120 over, hands. 100, uh, 120 and I, people's hand. And I watched in disgust as I yes. cornered and I cowered in the corner because I was like, there's no way in hell I would shake anybody's hands right now. And uh and I and I'm lucky that I didn't catch it, but I washed my hands. And I continue to wear my mask. Um, I, I still do days. things that I did be pre-pandemic. Like, like when you go to a, when you go to a restaurant, wash your hands after you finish touching the freaking uh, menu. Yeah, people don't do that. Nope. People will start to eat and things like that. Yeah. If you can't wash your hands, don't touch your face. Yeah. Don't touch your face. You know what I'm saying? When you come in from outside, no matter what you were doing outside, come in immediately. Wash your hands. I don't care if you was just outside on the porch. When you come in, immediately wash your hands. Just those things will help save lives and save your family from being uh, sick with the uh, with COVID and other diseases in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I know uh, I know one of my friends who that's all they do. They wash their hands. I mean, religiously, they wash mm -hmm. their hands mm -hmm. and they don't get sick. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, germs. It, it, it travels and you don't really think about how many things you touch um, on a daily basis. It just, it's pretty much a, a fucking Petri dish. It's just everybody's life forces, right? Like your cell phone, like your cell phone is everywhere. You touch it constantly. You right. If you're in the train, you're in your car, you're in the bathroom, you have your cell phone. Like if you don't think about it, some people had their cell phone and you'll even take a shit, put your phone down, wash your hands, pick up that dirty ass phone and then go get, get eat a sandwich. And it's just like, well, I just, all I did was contract the bathroom bacteria on top of like I washed my hands, but now it's back on my hands. And like people just don't understand that. And I think one of the things that to me will help even going forward with other illnesses, especially in the black community, would be to kind of implement some of these practices that COVID has made us kind of do. Right. So like I'm in Chicago. I ride the L. The L is one of the most fucking disgusting places you're going to ever be in in your life, right? It is literally piss, shit, spit, blood, everything on the L. I would object to that. I think the New York subway is pretty bad. Mm, I don't know. The L is fucked up, man. I mean, L is better than one of the better transit systems in America, but, like, I, I don't disagree. And, and the thing with the transit, like, listen, we should have probably always been in wearing masks when you're in a mask, like when you're in a small confined spaces with tons of people, because I've been on the L where I felt the person next to me heartbeat on my shoulder. And it's like, we so close and we just breathing in each other's air spores, breathing in everybody's 
motherfucking uh, tzatziki sauce that they ate for lunch, breathing in that double cheeseburger with extra mac sauce. Like, you're breathing all of that shit. (laughs) You're breathing in all the flavors of the world when you own any small confined spaces. So, like, to me, I'm always probably going to wear a mask when I'm in small confined spaces because that just makes sense to me now. Like, when you bring your groceries, you bring food in your house. Like, how many of us outside of washing your vegetables down was wiping down containers? Like, people are nasty, okay? Like, I've been in places where people are nasty. Like, I'll never forget when we was at Michigan State, that uh, uh, freaking Burger King on Grand River, dude was in the bathroom with me taking a shit, got up and was back there flipping burgers. I went out there and canceled my order so fast. I mean, shout out to my people that I was with that still ordered. And I, you know, they, I told them, but they, whatever, you know, YOLO. But I was like, nah, man, like, like so many bacteria. So like, we definitely need to, when we bring in things in our houses, just spray them down, so wipe them down. Like they come off the back of Amazon trucks and, and things like that. Like, yeah, they got their precautions, but like this stuff is still in the environment and to people that it's entrusted to, we, we just don't know who touched it or what their cleanliness habits are. And so you definitely should take the precautions to take care of for yourself. So I think I, I mean, I agree with y'all. Like, we definitely need to continue to have a constant message that is pushed down to us by leadership that everyone uh, utilizes consistently so we can end this thing. So we can go back to our lives and, and go and go back into a healthier you know, future going forward. So I got one more thing I'm going to ask y'all and I'm going to let y'all go. And that is if today you can speak to President Trump or you know, candidate Vice President Joe Biden. And you wanted to say, hey, this is the health disparities um, in the black community that I would like to see change. What would those things, what would that message be? So I'm going to start off with Smitty. Smitty, what would your message be to either President Trump or Joe, President Trump or Joe Biden um, about health disparities that you would like to see change in the black community? I would like to see them, I would like to see them provide um, affordable health care uh, to those who can't, uh, get healthcare. Um, I think that is the biggest problem in, in, in the black community, because there's so many people who are working, um, who just don't have access to healthcare, uh, to get simple things like blood pressure medicine. Right. Uh, and I also think that we need to start to look at providing more community-based health professionals where uh, let's stop having, you necessarily have to go to a doctor, but a pharmacist, right? A pharmacist can can easily monitor your blood pressure um, to see if you need to be on blood pressure medicine, right? It's a stable medicine. It's been around for a long time. You know, some of these things should be prescribed by, by local uh, pharmacists and or things like that, where it's easily able to do something. Because if you have to wait, if I have to go to the doctor, right? If I call my doctor today, right? She's like, well, I can get you in next Wednesday, right? Well, I'm my foot is swollen today. <laughs> you know, I think, I think that, and we wait a long time as right. black people, but I think that finding ways to get push the push the prescriptions, like not to necessarily over the counter, but a step above that, right? Where we have a, a, a place where these are the things that 
you can go into a pharmacy to see and get prescribed because the pharmacy is everywhere. There's a corner pharmacy in a lot of locations, right? Right, right. Where a doctor may not be, your doctor may be in your community, but they're they're the only doctor there and it takes a long time to get kind of there. I, I think there should be a step right above over the counter and so that people can get the medicine that they need, uh, but not actually have to see a doctor. Okay. And what about you, Mr. K? Like, if you had to address these health disparities, or what are some of the health disparities you would want either President Trump or candidate Joe Biden to address um, in the Black community? Um, sort of piggyback off of what Smitty was saying, it's a lot of it is the resources, having those resources and providing those resources for the to the community. Um, for um, providing healthcare professionals that can help diagnose something that is soon, is really a small problem right now, but could change in a matter of hours, if not treated at the right time. Right. And having those resources ready for the community is one of the biggest things that I think we need. Um, as far as a certain health concern, I would say, um, I would say overall healthcare, but then I would also say just uh, diabetes. Um, I think that diabetes is one of those things that everybody knows about, but they don't know how to accurately treat it yeah. without having their doctor. But I think this, those type of things with the proper resources can be well-maintained. And I think those type of cases can be lowered or handled in a lot better way than they're being handled now. You know, I, I definitely agree. I, I think if I had my chance to speak to um, President Trump or Joe Biden, I was I would say, you know, we need better resources in African American communities, and we need to start with education in regards to what health truly looks like and what are the consequences of some of these illnesses that we have, right? Like too many times we don't communicate with each other. We just say, oh, they had the sugars and that's what they passed. But like, like we need to be able to say the warning signs and, and what's the consequences. And, you know, all of us have family members or have had the family members because, um, because of an ailment, either lose their lives or you know are serious health, grave health conditions because of just lack of education and not being able to know how serious this can be. And I think at a younger age, being able to teach people, um, especially our people in our community, just the dire straits of what some of these ailments are on top of making sure we have healthy food options, not having food deserts in different communities, being able to have resources to provide for food uh, will definitely help change some of the issues that we have in the Black community. Now, with that said, I am not I'm sitting here to say that it's all upon the government. It's all the government's fault that we're in this place. Black people themselves need to take up a responsibility to say, hey, I need to exercise once a day. Even if it's for me to get up and walk around my house or up and down the stairs for 10 minutes, let me, you know, get my heart rate up. To a, to a higher than the sitting pace every day for about 10 minutes, you know, can change your life. You know, it can help cut down the plaque in arteries and heart attacks and hypertension. You know, just those sort of things, you know, make better healthy food choice options. Hey, do I have the double cheeseburger or maybe, you know, I have the, the meat of the burger and put it over the salad. Maybe I don't need the bun that is today. You know, maybe I bake it instead of frying it in grease, you know, that sort of thing. Like those healthier food options 
that we can make the way we prepare our food the where we think about how we dine and how we eat our meals would definitely help change it. So we wouldn't be in a predicament that we are today. Whereas, you know, this thing of COVID-19 wasn't effective um, towards those with pre-existing conditions. And we, our community is plagued with pre-existing conditions, especially those that are usually respiratory. So, you know, I myself, as an overweight guy, I've had upper respiratory infections all the time, right? It's probably something to do because how I used to eat, you know, or, uh, you know, being pre-diabetic, you know, those sort of things. You want to make sure that you address how serious those issues is and try to make a change. And like Smitty said earlier, like, I need somebody that kind of culturally get re the representation of what I, I, I'm looking for, but also... Don't just talk to me as, you know, with science and facts, it's just matter of fact. Like, let's help attack the entire problem. Okay, fine. I'm overweight. What else? You know, hey, I like to eat these foods. Maybe I can have these foods once or twice, you know, a month and not every day in consecutive order. Maybe let's just, you know, you were eating 3,000 calories a day. Let's try to go down to 2,200 or 2,500 or 2,800. Like, make steady strides. Hell, maybe start off with, it's just being you eat 3000. Don't go over because I mean, sometimes you go over. So, you know, it's amazing how just, you know, simple steps, education and just getting into practice. I mean, it takes what, 28 days to be, for something to become a habit. So just those simple things can help change our, our future. And with their right upon resources and, and, and consistent resources to help, I think we can be a, a better as a whole as a community. So. Uh, that's just my, my two cents on it. I thank you guys for everything you said on this. Um, any last thoughts before we get on? Go ahead and get out of here. Um, I wanted to also say on kind of piggybacking a little bit off of what you had said. Also, just the education of the medicine that is being prescribed to us. Yes. Um, because I will say a perfect good example is when I had my um, when I was having congestive heart failure. The things that were happening was I was getting uh, edema, uh, which was a building up of fluid in your body. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things that they gave me was what they call a LASIK, which is help drain out all that liquid out of your body because your body can't, you know, get rid of that liquid very quick and it needs to get out of there quickly. Well, they didn't tell me when I was before I was going to take my surgery that having it would have a lasting effect that if I took it for a very long time, that it was going to kind of damage my some of my organs, but they didn't really tell me that until like right before the surgery. It was like, oh yeah, well you know you have this uh, problem with your, you, you know it's a uh, almost like a pre-diabetes where it's like, well you're you're close to having kidney problems, and oh that's just probably because of the LASIK that you took for you know over six months. And I'm just like, uh, why didn't the doctor warn me that I was going to have these problems? Then maybe I could have made a maybe sound decision instead of saying oh, well, I'm going to wait a year and wait for my insurance to kick in a couple months later. And then I'll just take this LASIK and this LASIK will help, you know, guide me along until I do the surgery. So having an education, I mean, I mean, that's a lot with the, with the um, opioids where they didn't really give you that education. They're saying, hey, if you take this too much, you're going to get addicted and it's going to really damage you. And I think the education of what the medicine that they're prescribing you with they really need to let you know those things. Yeah, and give you, you know, I mean, essentially when you they don't educate you properly. And and it's on us too to ask those questions as well. I mean, 
you know, some of us started off as kids, but, you know, we get it as adults. We need to ask the question, hey, what are you giving me? Don't be afraid to speak to your doctor. Like, because they're there for you. They work for you, right? Because you're there as their patient. Hey, what are you giving me? Why are you giving to me? And what are some of the side effects that this is going to cause? Because present me with the option, you know, don't lie to me until, you know, don't piss on me and telling me it's raining, right? You know, like, give me the option. So if I choose to keep going down that path, I chose it, but at least I, I am aware of what I'm doing to my body. So, Smitty, what, so, what, go ahead. I'm so sorry. just to that thing, you can, before you get that prescription field, you can get your doc, your, your pharmacist to print you out a fact sheet mm-hmm. related to that. You could take that home before that prescription is filled. So don't, you know, niggas don't, don't read. Don't, don't do I know, you know but don't, don't rely, read. like your doctor, I'm going to just be honest, right? The doctors don't know a lot about your medicine. Nope. They get, they, they are, they are sold the medicine via a pharmaceutical rep, mm-hmm. right? They don't get artifacts from a pharmaceutical rep either, right? The, you know, the doctor get up, they get, they get samples and they get a, a pamphlet that they're supposed to read. Well, if I'm, if I'm seeing 15 patients a day or 20 patients a day, I don't have time to sit down and read that pamphlet. The, the pharmaceutical rep did a presentation. She gave me high levels. This is what it does. Um, these are some side effects, but not all the side effects. We, as people have to do due diligence about stuff that before we put it in our own body. Yes. Right. Yes. Um, so I don't want to blame the doctors because they don't, oh. they should, they, you know what I'm saying? They're, they're susceptible to the same things that we're susceptible to because they're human. Right. Um, and you're right. So but, like, just because you get it, just because it came from over a counter from a white coat doesn't mean I, I have to take it. Like right. I, I, I have to be more aware of what I'm putting in my body, you know. Um, and so, but what I wanted to say was, I think the uh, the number one problem is access, access, access. No matter what we talk about, everything is slated back to access. Yes, I don't have access to good food. I don't have access to good doctors. I don't have access to doctors that understand me. I don't have access to good education. I don't have access, 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 access. And, and uh, some people don't even have access to the internet. This is true. You know, people don't have access to the internet where a lot of information come from. Cause I guarantee you, but all of us on this phone will Google any medicine our doctor give us, right? Your, Mm -hmm. Your doctor, any disease your doctor tell you have, you go on what you do. First thing you do is you you leave a doctor's office because you 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 may not ask your doctor the right questions, but you definitely gonna Google that shit and say, okay, she said I had this. What does that mean? Right? Yeah, yeah. We but some people don't even have access to that or know how to use that. So you have your grandparents who are who got 15 bottles of medicine, and how many of us looking at that medicine, Googling it? Like, hmm, let me see what you're taking. You know what I'm saying? We no, don't get that. We don't. We don't get that too concerned because the doctor prescribed it. We we get along with that, and and uh, so we need to be careful around. Like we got to protect those. We got to protect the people who can't protect themselves, and we got to protect true. ourselves. So I yeah. I think it all goes back to access. I think that is the root cause to a lot of things in the black community is access. This is true. That's true. Well, on that, that on that note, thank you both, uh, Mr. K and Smitty, for uh, being on the show and, and saying your piece. Uh, real quick, Mr. K, why don't you go give us a shout out uh, with Valor? Sure. Uh, Valor Clothing Store. What is uh, Valor Clothing Store? It is bravery at its finest. 
uh, get all your latest apparel um, on ValorClothingStore.com and also on Facebook, on Instagram. Um, get all your fly gear. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. And then I'm going to give a shout out to, um, you know, one of our other sponsors, and that is Sky Edibles. Um, you can check Sky Edibles for all your edible treats. I mean, they have hippie juice, which is a Kool-Aid concoction that, you know, um, King Keys made that is an amazing product. Um, yeah, gourmet strawberry cream popcorns and you got uh, chips and everything. So, you know, definitely an amazing product. Um, give a shout out to, you know, King Keys, who, you know, right now, you know, is going through something. So we miss him on the show, but he'll be back uh, next week, as well as Girl Lake, you know, shout her out. Uh, I don't know Lake social off the top of my head, but I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but shout out Lake for her, you know, work with small businesses, as well as, you know, she's doing her thing with the photography. So I think it's Lake Essence um, on Facebook. So, you know, shout her out, look her up. You know, she's doing those family photos for this holiday season. Um, as well as we're going to do Sweet Tea's Car Wash. You know, they're doing car wash detailing, especially with the winter coming up. You want to make sure you get your car wash detailed or make an appointment for, you know, when the snow starts to hit. That way you won't have any rust or, you know, underbody, undercarriage issues. So, you know, Sweet Tea's as well. You know, everybody, you mentioned, you know, for Sky Edibles as well as Sweet Tea's, if you mentioned Fuck Your Feelings, you know, get a 10% to 20% discount uh, just by mentioning the name of the show. So, uh, I thank you all. You know, again, we love your support. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at fuck underscore yo underscore feelings. Let us know your thoughts about the show. You got comments. If you want us to read your email or you just want to email us about a show, want to give us some topic ideas, you can hit us up at the podcast.fyf at gmail.com. We love to hear from you. Um, again, we thank you everybody for your continued support. Um, we're doing big things a little over a year and you know this thing is continuing to grow and I just love that I am able to reach out to everybody um, and, and give my friends a platform to speak their mind in, in, in regards to these times that we're having. So uh, once again, thank you. And as always, fuck your feelings. One. <laughs>